Hey, this is R Dub from Sunday Night Slow Jams, and you're listening to hashtag Dad Swag, the swaggiest place on earth for all fathers and father figures alike. And now, here's your host, my brother, JC. Yes, what's good? Man, it's been a long time. So let me do a little making up or some catching up. Happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. Thank you for tuning in to the Hashtag That's Why podcast. You heard it in the intro. I am your host, JC. And as always, it is a pleasure and a blessing to be here with you today. If this is your first time tuning in, then welcome. If you're a returning listener, then welcome back. If you don't know what Hashtag That's Why is, here, we make committed fatherhood look dope. Here, we change the perception of fathers and father figures by changing the narrative of fatherhood. This podcast is my personal mission. I'm on a mission to be a better husband, be a better father, be a better man overall, in hopes that my story, my tragedies, my triumphs, my successes, and my failures can help you along the way. I don't have all the answers. I'll never tell you that I do, but I hope that in this process, in this dad swag journey, we can share stories, we can share experiences, and grow together. Now, some of you guys know or become accustomed to, when I first started this podcast, it was solely me and solely about me. But this year, 2021, it's about you guys, man. Before I shut it down last year, I was able to bring you guys two interviews, one with Tony Snow, who's the author of Embrace Fatherhood, and the other with Kenny Clutch, who's a motivational speaker and public figure. Those interviews you can find on YouTube at hashtag Daswag. This year, the goal and the focus is to bring fatherhood to life and bring it to light. To show you that through the guests I have on the show, it doesn't matter your upbringing. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your social status. We're all on a Daswag journey together. And though we may be taking different paths to get to where we need to go, the destination and the goal is still the same. To be the best fathers we can be. Now, I still feel like it's important for me to continue these one-on-one style episodes where it's just like you and me uh, vibing, but um, the interviews will be visual, and then I will upload the audio, and you can get it wherever you stream your uh, podcast from. So yeah, I believe that's it for the updates and the housekeeping. Let's jump right in. Season 1, episode 18. We are two episodes away from the season finale of the hashtag that's why podcast i hope that everything you've heard and everything you've learned has motivated you or will motivate you to come back for season two because i promise you the interviews that i already have lined up you don't want to miss okay so i'm just going to jump right into the topic of discussion today and that topic has to do with emasculation emasculation comes in different forms This particular emasculation that I want to talk about today is where for whatever reason, the man of the house doesn't feel like the man of the house. Emasculation is very real. However, it's also a mindset. And although I feel it's a mindset, 
I don't want to take away from the fact that it's very common, especially with the uprising and what we see as normal gender roles, for lack of better words. And what I mean by gender roles is, look, I was raised in the 90s, and every sitcom that I loved and I watched and I grew up watching, the man was always the breadwinner. Um, for example, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh, Uncle Phil, he was the big-time lawyer. Aunt Viv took care of the house. Um, step by step, uh, Frank, he owned a construction company. Carol, even though she worked, she didn't bring home as much money as Frank did, and she took care of the house. Um, what else? Family Matters. Carl Winslow, he was the the cop, and then eventually promoted to chief. Harriet took care of the house. She eventually got a part-time job, but even still... She took care of the house, and Carl made more money. These are gender norms that we've become accustomed to. But now in 2021, in the middle of a pandemic, these gender norms are no longer customary. Now they're more of a stereotype. You know, that old way of thinking that a woman's place is solely in the kitchen or taking care of the kids or taking care of the house will get you... A quick introduction to this new age cancel culture. <laughs> like a whole movement will be made about you. Now, if you and your wife have decided that that's how you guys are going to run your household, then more power to you guys. I'm not here to tell you how you should or should not run your household. However, when the roles are reversed and now you're the stay at home parent and your wife is the breadwinner, how do you deal with that? Oftentimes, that's when men feel the most emasculated. And here's the crazy part. More times than not, the feeling of emasculation isn't because our wives said or didn't say or did or didn't do something. It's because of our own misconceptions of what a real man is. It's because of our own conditioning that we feel like we're not living up to the head of household title. But let me tell you something, bro. Just because your head of household on paper doesn't automatically make you head of household in life. Let me say that one more time. Just because your head of household on paper doesn't mean your head of household in life. Unfortunately, when that reality sets in, statistics show us that far too often men resort to domestic violence. And when a man feels emasculated, he feels less than a man. And when he feels less than a man, he feels powerless. So the need to reinforce his dominance within his household to regain the respect that he feels or he thinks that he lost, it overtakes him. And if his own misconceptions are telling him that his family has lost faith in him, then to regain his respect, he feels like they need to live in fear of him. And with this COVID-19 impacting our lives the way it has, domestic violence has risen. Now, this isn't an episode on domestic violence, but I feel this is an important point to make to show you just how serious this topic of emasculation really is and how a change of mindset could change the impact. Now, one out of 10 men are victims of domestic violence, but an alarming one out of four women are victims of domestic violence. Last year in April alone, a month after everything was shut down due to the coronavirus, nearly 700,000 cases of domestic violence were reported. 
35,443 deaths were in result of domestic violence. And that's only the cases that were reported. I can't imagine, nor do I want to imagine, the cases of people who are living with domestic violence who are also living in fear of reporting what's really going on in their household. I can, however, guarantee that the numbers that I just read to you would increase significantly. Like I said, this isn't an episode about domestic violence. However, I feel like it is my duty and my responsibility as a, a husband who loves his wife, as a father who's raising men, as a son who watched his mother go through domestic violence his whole life, and as someone who hosts a podcast surrounding fatherhood and everything surrounding it, that I shed light on the situation. But also, due to the pandemic, we are living in a time where men are losing their job at record rates. And if they're not losing their jobs, their hours are being cut. So that means their wages are being cut. They're not bringing home as much money as they're used to, they're accustomed to. And a lot of men don't know how to deal with that. A lot of men are finding it difficult to cope with the fact that they are no longer the breadwinner in their household. Normally, at least I assume in most cases, the breadwinner likely spends more time at work than the other party, which means the other party, meaning you now, should be the homemaker and the caretaker. And I know for my fellas that I'm talking to on this episode, to hear this is pride shattering. Not only do I feel your pain, but I hear the self-destructive voices swirling around in your head. You're not the breadwinner. You're the homemaker. You're not the breadwinner. You're the dishwasher. You're not the breadwinner. You're the laundry folder. And you know why I know exactly what these voices are saying to you? Because I heard the same exact voices. I know what you're hearing. I know what you're dealing with. I know what you're going through because I was exactly where you're at right now. And to some extent, some of me is still there. Since my accident and injury, I haven't worked a day. This is 2021. I was hurt in March of last year almost a year now. So if you know me, you know how hard that is for me because if you know me, you know I'm a hustler. Like if you want to lift, I'm going to outlift you. If you want to run, I'm going to outrun you. If you want to work, I'm going to outwork you. It's always been my mindset. And it's because of my hustle, the status that I have in my career now isn't where I started. And let me tell you what I mean by that. When I got out of prison, it was June of 2010 and I was a brand new felon with a spanking new felony record and I was told time and time again it would be next to impossible for me to find a good paying job. And before I continue, let me say this. The prison system, straight trash. The systems in place after prison, straight trash. You really have to want to be better and do better in order to get somewhere after prison because the system doesn't work for you, it works against you. But I'll go down that rabbit hole another time. But my parole officer was right. It was hard to find a job that I could legally, ethically, and morally provide for my family. But I didn't let that stop my hustle because I knew my family deserved better. They deserved better from me and of me. So for two years after I got out of prison, I worked as a car detailer. But my hustle didn't stop there. I kept hustling and hustling and hustling. And now I work in one of the most important industries with a high profile title within it. You see, the blessing isn't the position he gave me. The blessing is in the hustle he put in me. So for me to say from the time I got out of prison, and I forgot to say that when I got the job, 
as a car detailer, it was August. So two months after getting out of prison, I have not stopped working to provide for my family the best way that I can. It took only two months for me to prove every CO that said I would come back and my parole officer that said it would be next to impossible for me to find a job. It took two months for me to prove them wrong. Believe me when I say I hang my hat on that accomplishment. But believe me when I say, after getting hurt last March, to not be working from that time to now was really hard for me. But the new reality is this. With this injury, this is the longest I have ever been out of work. This is the longest I have ever gone without not being able to provide for my family the way that I know how. And this is the first time I've ever had to question my validity as a husband, as a father, and as a man. And I literally felt myself slip into a depression. And I had to step back and I had to ask myself, what hurts the most? The broken ankle and the broken leg? The broken pride? Or the loss of approval? The approval that I worked so hard to get because I felt like I needed to prove to my wife's family that I wasn't just a deadbeat. I wasn't a guy that left their daughter, sister, niece alone to have a baby and deal with the fear of having a child with special needs and cancer. By working so hard and so long, I felt like I was proving that yes, I made a mistake, but I am not my mistake and I do have more to offer. Or maybe it was the fear of losing the approval of the people that mattered the most. You see, I've tried to provide the best life for my wife and my kids, give my kids the things that I never had, and give my wife a marriage she could be proud of. So to answer the question, what hurts the most? The answer is all of it. I'm in the worst physical pain I've ever experienced in my lifetime, and my pride is hurt because I felt like my approval was hurt. And because of that, I felt less than a man. And because of that, I felt emasculated. My pride was also hurt, and I felt shameful because I felt like my membership in the hardworking dad community would be revoked because I'm no longer a part of that community. I'm no longer hardworking, but again, all that is perception. It's not reality. So again, I had to step back. Mentally and emotionally, I had to step back, but spiritually, I had to step forward. You see, I had to realize that I couldn't swallow all of these pills at one time. I had to take on each pill one by one and digest it one by one. For instance, the notion that I'm a deadbeat. Nah, never that. My definition of a deadbeat is a man who doesn't care or want to take care of his family in any way. But that wasn't my situation. You see, my situation was circumstantial, not intentional. If I could work, believe me, I would still be at work. However, I physically cannot and medically should not be working due to the severity and seriousness of my injury. That's a circumstance. If I choose not to look for work or return to work just because I didn't want to, that's intentional. For me, the emasculation wasn't about the dollar sign. And the emasculation didn't come because my wife is now making more than me. You see, I've been blessed in my marriage where there is no concept of yours versus mine. Rather, we've embraced and we live by yours and mine. You know, it's funny because the other day my wife was paying a bill. And um, 
my wallet was on the nightstand next to her upstairs and I was downstairs and her wallet was downstairs next to me. So instead of running downstairs, she just used my card and uh, the operator uh, told her that he needed my approval. So I got on the phone and the operator said, um, hello, sir, we just want to make sure that we have your permission to talk to your wife and she can use your card. So I gave him my name um, and I told him going forward because I knew that this is a bill that we're going to have to pay regularly. I told him going forward, if she calls and uses this card with my name on it, make a note somewhere that she doesn't need my permission because that's her money. And it's funny because the operator is like, I know that's right. You know, so it was funny to hear, you know, that he believed the same concept. But at the same time, he was just doing his job. But I needed him to know that if she calls using my card, that's her card. It's just a different name on it, but it's her money. And the amazing and beautiful thing about that is if I needed to do the same thing, it would be the same exact result. In fact, I have done the same thing and she's asked me, why are you even asking me? So the feeling is mutual. My money is her money. Her money is my money. So there isn't a concept of competition between us when it comes to who's making what. So like I said, for me, it's never been about a dollar sign. That's never been the issue. The emasculation comes from no longer having the burden or the responsibility or the weight on my shoulders that I carried like a badge of honor or the pride to provide. No longer physically being able to go and contribute to my household and my wife having to do so. My insecurities were never about her. My insecurities are solely based on my misconceptions of what a real man is and what a real man is supposed to do. However, I do know that there are some people out there who feel like their sense of emasculation comes with a price tag. So let me say this. Stop tripping. Get over it. And for a second, realize just how blessed you are. If COVID or other circumstantial situations have caused you to be the stay-at-home or the more-at-home parent now, and your wife is now the breadwinner, and you haven't missed a meal, you have clothes on your back, your kids are fed, and you still have a roof over your head, then congratulations, my man. Congratulations on marrying the right woman. Congratulations on marrying a woman that's willing to step up because that's not as normal as you may think it is, so don't take it for granted. Congratulations that you have found a partner that makes you equally yoked. You know, it says in the Bible, book of Proverbs, chapter 12, verse 4, an excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who shames him is as rottenness to his bones. If your wife is willing to step up while you have to sit down, you have an excellent wife. So treat her as your crown. The second thing I want to congratulate you guys on is the blessing of time. Congratulations on the blessing of time that you get with your children. You know, becoming a new stay-at-home dad, I had to accept that this is my new 9-to-5. This is my new job, except it's not a 9-to-5. It's a 24-7. And just to be clear, because I know that there's some people that are going to try to look for the negative in this. I'm not saying that it's a job. We already know that it's a responsibility, but it's not a job. By now, you should understand, you're not a babysitter. You're a father. So again, congratulations on the blessing of time that you're going to get to spend with your kids. Now you get an opportunity to see them grow. Things you may have not seen if you were sitting behind that desk. You get to teach them certain morals, 
Show them what a real man is about. If you have a daughter, you get to show her what she should look for in a man. If you have a son, you get to show him how he should aspire to be as a man. These are things that we don't get to do at work. Now you get unlimited, unrestricted time. And that in itself is a blessing, so I pray that you maximize it. You know, I just made the point that you're a father and not a babysitter. And as I was making that point, I was literally thinking how frustrating it is that when people see a stay-at-home mother, they think nothing of it. But when they see a stay-at-home father, they're either looked down on or overly celebrated, both of which are terrible narratives. I shouldn't be looked down on because I'm staying at home and taking care of my kids. And I shouldn't be overly celebrated for handling my responsibilities. It's just crazy to me. Okay, so for my last few closing statements, I want you guys to think of something. If you're a new stay-at-home dad, or if you're a stay-at-home dad who's struggling with the emasculation factor, etc., I want you to think of this. While your financial contributions are important, ask yourself, what does making money have to do with making memories? Ask yourself that. And really think about it. What does making money have to do with making memories? The obvious answer is, if you make money, you have the means to make memories. And while that is true, it is just as equally not true. Because while you have the means to make memories doesn't mean you're actually making memories. See, having money and making money made that moment comfortable. But you decide by your time and attention if that moment is memorable. It's 2021, man. 2020 took a lot from us. But becoming a stay-at-home dad in 2020 showed me that my kids need my presence more than they need my presence. This year, we need to destroy the narrative that being a stay-at-home dad is weak or emasculating. Because there is nothing weak or emasculating about a man taking care of his household. No matter how you do it, as long as you're doing it. Another verse in the Bible, Mark 8:36, says, What does it profit a man to gain the world but forfeit his soul? What does it gain for you to make all this money but lose out on the memory and the time with your kids? There's nothing emasculating about that. But if you are a dad who is struggling with any phase of fatherhood, especially when it comes to this episode and emasculation, and you've lost your job during COVID or other circumstances, one, you're in my prayers, and two, look down below and add the pages that I've attached. These are dads who are doing amazing things on the net that I feel you can draw empowerment from, encouragement from, and be enlightened. Always remember, iron sharpens iron. Until next time, love and blessings to you and yours, for me and mine.